Confusing speculation with investment is always a mistake. Benjamin Graham. Welcome to Retirement Mentorship, your mentor to and through retirement. I'm your host, Freeman Lindy, Certified Financial Planner. I want to point out right away as we dig into this topic of buying Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency that I specialize in retirement and financial planning. I don't claim to be an expert in Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, but what I think that does allow me is to position me as someone who knows how to create plans that succeed and who isn't enamored with the technology. And if you ask many people who are proponents of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, hey, should you buy it? They will say yes and list off all the reasons because they absolutely love it. But it's kind of like asking a insurance expert if you should buy their insurance products. Of course, they're going to say yes. It's their products. If you ask a whole life salesman whether or not you should buy whole life, they will give you a litany of reasons for why it is the best thing since sliced bread. And so while I am not a expert on cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, I do know quite a bit about how to build plans that actually work. And if you're trying to deviate from something that we know works, you better have some really good reasons to do so. So we're going to talk about today some different points and some things that you should know and some questions that you should ask yourself before you buy. It'll be part one of a two-part episode on Bitcoin, and we're, of course, going to talk about all the other cryptocurrencies as well. This is not going to be an episode about the details of cryptocurrencies, and we're just going to call it crypto from now on, And but just know that we're talking about cryptocurrencies in general. That includes Bitcoin and anything else. Today, I want to talk about what cryptocurrency is not and a few of the problems with cryptocurrency. And then next week, we'll look at some of the pros of cryptocurrency and discuss our conclusion of whether or not you should buy technology. That's coming up on the Retirement Mentorship Podcast. Should I buy cryptocurrency? Part one. Many people have asked me over the years if they should buy cryptocurrency or what my thoughts on cryptocurrency is. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, whatever the current topic of the day is, it is a question I get quite frequently. And my thoughts on it do evolve as new information come out. And I may end up changing my opinion of it a year from now or six months from now or 10 years from now. That's the point of having well-thought-out opinions is not that you stick to them religiously throughout your entire life, but that you are constantly evaluating them and evaluating new information that comes out and updating your opinions as it goes. And so what we're talking about today may change over time, but I want to give you some thoughts around cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and help you figure out for yourself whether or not you should buy it. First, today, we want to talk about what cryptocurrency is not. So two things. Cryptocurrency is not an investment. You hear this a lot, and, and one of the things that I hear quite a bit, the phrases is, should I invest in Bitcoin? Should I invest in crypto? But crypto is not an investment. Investments have a proven track record of success. If you can look back over many years and, and hopefully even decades and say, hey, this has been proven to work, right? And then they also have current data that make it reasonable to suppose that it will continue to succeed in the future, right? And so you look at equities, obviously owning the best businesses in the world, 
there is a huge, long track record of this strategy working. And you buy the very best businesses in the world, and you buy lots of them, and you diversify. There is a ton of data going back decades and decades showing that over the long term, this is a great investment. When you invest in bonds and and government securities, there is a long track record of them being a good, if not fixed, investment over time. And as part of an overall investment or retirement plan, uh, that they can be a good investment. Real estate is an investment. There is centuries long, centuries old data showing that owning real estate and renting it out to other people to use is a great investment. Right? There's a lot of work involved with it, and it's one of those things that's not as easy as investing in you know, the equity markets or in fixed income or even crypto, although, again, it's not an investment. But we know that investing in real estate works when done correctly. So real estate is an investment. Crypto is not an investment because we don't have enough data on it yet. It's too new, right? It's, it's 10 years old. There just isn't the track record we need to see if this will end up working in the long run. And people say, well, it's obviously working. I mean, look at the prices. Look at what it's done. Look at how much money people have made in it. And that does not make it an investment, right? It, it's a speculative option. I cover this a little bit when we talked about the difference between investment and trading and speculation, right? That, that when you think or you have a, an idea that something might go up in value, that you might be able to make a lot of money on it, that is a speculation, not an investment. We, we believe that it'll go up, but there isn't as much hard data and evidence to support that position. And so you might you know, talk about all the benefits of crypto and all the technology behind it and how it's going to revolutionize the world and it's going to do away with the greedy and corrupt banking systems and governments and, and all of that. And those are all fun reasons and maybe good reasons for why you might hope that cryptocurrency will work. But at the end of the day... That's, that's all it is, is, is you hope that this technology will take off, that it will become the new standard or become all the things that you think it will, and that if you buy it now, you'll be getting in early on something that is going to be a massive success. But anytime you're doing that, right, trying to get in early on something that you hope down the road will be a success, that's not an investment. That's a speculation. And the other piece is that crypto is not a currency, or at least it's not yet a currency. Any currency that fluctuates as much as cryptocurrency does is not the true currency. Are you going to spend something today if tomorrow it might buy you twice as much? It's just too unstable. It's too volatile. You've seen this with countries that have had their currencies collapse after world wars or after other things that the value of that currency fluctuates so much that eventually people cannot trust in the stability of that currency and it ceases to become something that that people can use. And if people can't trust it, they can't trust in the value and they can't trust that, hey, the value of this currency will be roughly the same next year as it is this year, maybe a tiny bit lower, probably a tiny bit higher, but that in general, the currency will be stable then it's it's not cannot be used in the same way that the US dollar or the Canadian dollar or the euro is used. 
right? And that's not to say that cryptos won't become a currency like uh, many of the other currencies out there, but it's not truly a currency right now. It's too volatile. It's too unknown. And it, again, is more of a speculative currency. People do try to invest in currencies and make money by buying and selling currencies across different, uh, you know, exchanges. And you can kind of do the same thing with crypto. But again, that's not really a, a currency. It's not really a, a medium of exchange. And that's not to say that nobody uses it as such, but it's not truly a currency yet. And, and maybe, and for some people, hopefully it will get there. But as, a, as of right now, no, it's not. And there's some problems with crypto, right? There's, there's a number of problems and we just want to go through a few of them just as things to think about, right? None of these problems by themselves perhaps are, are reasons not to, to get into it, but they're things that, that we should consider. Uh, one, crypto is very popular on the black market, right? Drugs, weapons, sex slaves, a host of other goods and services, and I use that in quotes, uh, are being purchased with crypto due to its anonymity, right? That's one of the benefits of cryptocurrency is its inability to be traced. And I don't understand all the technology behind it. I, I kind of get it, but I think the people that actually wrote it and actually understand it, understand it so much more than I do that I, I'm just going to say I don't understand it compared to them, right? But because of that anonymity with that, that one of the most active sectors of actually using crypto as a currency is in the black market. And crypto will only encourage these activities of, of selling drugs, of uh, arms trading, of buying slaves and sex slaves, or, you know, using uh, prostitutes and all of this. All of these activities will only become more prevalent and be encouraged. And it'll become harder to stop these activities as a result of crypto. And that's, again, not, maybe not reason in and of itself to get rid of it, right? There's a lot of problems with the internet. A lot of, the, and a lot of those same arguments you used about the internet, like that there will be widespread crime and access to things that people couldn't access before because of the internet. And we've all decided that, hey, the benefits of the internet outweigh these drawbacks. And the same might be true of crypto, that, that the benefits that we get from it outweigh its black market uses. But that still doesn't deny the fact that those exist and that they're something to be considered. Now, number two, and this is maybe just more my opinion than anything else, but crypto is created to make nerds rich. And I say nerds as a self-professed nerd. Right? I am a nerd. I make spreadsheets for fun. If that doesn't make you a nerd, I don't know what is. So I'm a nerd, but there are computer nerds out there that are way smarter than I am especially about that stuff, right? And some very, very smart computer nerds, in my opinion, didn't like the fact that most wealth is concentrated with older people, right? As you accumulate wealth over time, especially as you get more than you need to subsist, and then all that continues to compound on each top of each other, like most wealth is concentrated in older people, Right, in the greatest generation and then the high levels of baby boomers and whatnot, just as that continues, it's just how it works, right? Money, wealth compounds over time. So the longer you've been around, the more of it you have. And I think a bunch of smart nerds thought like, hey, why wait our entire lifetime to accumulate millions of dollars when we can just make up our own currency and have millions of dollars there? 
And you can see that this is probably true by the fact that all creators of cryptocurrencies have become very wealthy very quickly. They're all, they, they've created their own money and marketed it and people have bought it and the demand for it has increased the value of it and they all took a lot for themselves at the beginning before making it available to others and now they're all very wealthy by US dollar standards and the current exchange rates. And so it's maybe more of a conspiracy theory of mine, but really I think there's a lot of these people that have created them in order to make themselves rich, if for no other reason. Uh, number three, I just want to point this out too. Uh, crypto's wealthy advocates aren't a good reason to buy. right? Just because Elon Musk or Jack Dorsey or any other rich celebrities or, or business people, just because they advocate for crypto doesn't mean that you should buy it. Right? For, for a number of reasons. One, a lot of these people have way more discretionary income than you do. Right? They have way more money than they could ever spend in a lifetime, and they're just looking for fun ways to, to, to use it. They're looking for interesting ways to try to make more of it because they're not going to spend it anyways. So that's one reason. Right? Just because someone who's worth billions of dollars does something doesn't mean that you can or should. But two, they all own it. Right? None of these people have ever advocated for a specific cryptocurrency before they owned it. They always buy a lot of it and then use their massive influence in social networks to increase the demand for it. And if they can get a lot of other people to want it too because they own it, then higher demand on a limited supply means that the price will increase and that their net worth as, as part of their cryptocurrency will increase. Right? So it's not, they might not even necessarily believe in the currency or in the technology specifically. They may only be doing it because making other people want what you have makes them richer. So not saying that you shouldn't buy just because of that. I'm just saying that's not a good reason to buy just because some celebrity has it and endorses it. Another problem that's becoming more and more well known is that crypto is very power intensive. Mining for crypto, which is, you know, basically the way I guess that that crypto is created is that the random strings of characters and computers basically have to just keep guessing until they find one that works. It's like a computer trying to guess passwords and it just keeps guessing over and over and over again until it finally finds the right password. And this can take literally trillions of attempts to find one unit. And so, you know, that that's part of it, right? Is that there isn't just regular normal people with their little MacBook Airs that are mining for crypto and and earning a little bit extra money for themselves. The people that start with crypto, that don't buy it from someone else, are again, nerds and people with money that can invest in huge server farms to mine for this crypto. And then they get it, not for free, right? Because all that costs money, but they get it without having to pay for it. And then it's worth something. They can go sell it to someone else at you know tens or th- hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in US dollars. But all that mining, all that all those computers and servers that are are constantly running, trying to guess numbers, essentially, take up a ton of energy. Mining for crypto uses more power than the entire state of New York. It, it uses more power than the country of Argentina or Sweden. 
And, and the accelerating power consumption of crypto has many people worried from an energy standpoint, from an environmental standpoint, from a lot of these other ways to look at it. And I'm not really an alarmist on that front, but it, again, it is something to know that it's not as though this doesn't have some kind of cost. And one last thing that I haven't really heard anybody talking about, but it really is occurring to me as more and more cryptos seem to come out every year, that it's going to start creating inflation. Crypto's increasing supply may create more inflation, right? And, and it's funny because this is one of the, the, the benefits of crypto that so many proponents of it claim, right, is that they will help curb inflation. And, and they say, well, hey, look, you know, if, if the government controls the currency, they can just print more. And whenever they run into problem, they just print more money and it's causing all this inflation. And, and instead, if we, if we adopt a cryptocurrency that has a limited supply, because apparently with a lot of these technologies, there's only a limited amount. And once it's all mined, that's all there is. And you cannot keep just creating more of it. And so the idea is, hey, because there's a limited supply of Bitcoin or of Cardano or any of these other uh, cryptocurrencies, that it will curb inflation. Not if you just keep creating new currencies, right? Just because there's a limited supply of Cardano and once it's all mined, then, you know, there's, there's no more inflation of that specific one. There will be if someone else just creates a new currency the next year and the next year and the next year. And, and the more cryptocurrency that's out there means that things are going to get more expensive in the same way that the more U.S. dollars that are put out there increases inflation. And there's one other option for this, right? That if people keep creating new cryptos, there's there's really only two things that happen. Either everything will inflate or people will lose interest in cryptos in general because there's a new one every month and they they just lose interest in it and then the values of all of it falls because now all of a sudden there's all this extra supply and a static demand. And when... Demand stays the same. People who want crypto already have it. And supply keeps increasing. They keep making new ones and keep people keep switching from Bitcoin to the new one because they're hoping that's going to be the one that will take off. Values will keep coming down. Eventually the point where all these people who are holding on to cryptos, hoping that they'll come back and, and boom again, uh, may be sorely disappointed because thinking that they bought in early, and that it's going to take off again and keep accelerating upwards, it, it may just turn out that they bought in at the most expensive time and that cryptos are going to go nowhere but down from here due to this ever-increasing supply. So there's some things just to think about if you're considering buying cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. And we'll look next week at some pros, right? These have all been cons. And I'm not saying that no one should buy crypto, or you shouldn't buy Bitcoin or anything. I'm not rec- making a recommendation either way. I just want to provide a framework for you to think about it. And so it's going to be all the negative things this week. And next week, we'll look at some of the pros of cryptocurrencies. And you can then take that information, go do more of your own research, and decide if buying Bitcoin is right for you. If this has been helpful for you. Feel free to become a retire member which for the price of a latte a month or a latte a week, you can support the show. And if you found value in it, if you feel like the information that we provide is worth what you pay for a latte once a month or once a week, then feel free to jump on and do that. You can go to retiremembership.com 
and become a subscriber. You don't get anything else at this point for doing that. It's just a way of saying thank you and, hey, I value what's going on here, and I want to continue to help support that. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week for part two of our mini-series on Bitcoin and crypto. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is educational only and is not intended to be investment, legal, or tax advice or recommendations, whether direct or incidental. Again, this is not investment advice. Consult your financial, tax, and legal professionals for specific advice related to your specific situation. Never take investment advice from someone who doesn't know you and your specific situation. All opinions expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the speakers expressing them. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Retirement mentorship is not affiliated with or controlled by any registered investment advisor, broker-dealer, or other financial services company.